Welcome to Outreach Church. Thanks for checking out this week's message. To hear more, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or visit outreachchurch.net for downloads and service information. Amen. Come on, Jesus, there's no one like you. God, there's no one but you. We love you. We honor you. We say that if you be high and lifted up, God, you'll draw all men unto you. There's no one like you, Jesus. And uh, during worship, I actually felt like I got a a couple words for some people. And um, Tyra, I get all your kids' names mixed up because you have 50 of them. Oh, there he is. Uh, Which one are you? Yeah, yeah. Come here. Can you come here for a second? I just felt like I I, I have something uh, for you, okay? So I saw you come up here for, for prayer earlier, and I just saw, can I just pray for you and share... Uh, what I felt like I heard over your life, man. I, I felt like uh, Jesus said that there's a real tenderness on the inside of you, and that even uh, uh, compared to your other brothers, I feel like there's a real softness on the inside of you, man. I feel like you love, you love until it hurts sometimes. But I felt like Jesus said, I've actually deposited that on the inside of you. And when I looked at you this morning, I actually, um, I, I felt like I saw there's a, a heart of a pastor on the inside of you. And I feel like you're going to be a pastor to your friends at school. You're going to be a pastor even on the playground. You're going to be a pastor on the sports field. You're going to be a pastor playing video games. And I just felt like the Lord says, man, if you keep the hunger that you have, God is going to use you in amazing ways across uh, across your um, spheres of influences through middle school, through high school, and even on. And I feel like you're even going to, there's going to be times where your brothers, older and younger, are going to come to you uh, and, and ask you for advice. And just, you, you have shoulders, man, even now as a young man, you have shoulders that uh, a baby can cry on, but also that people can stand on in their time of weakness. And I know, I know that a lot of this it may seem a little over your head, man, but God's got great plans for you, okay? And, and, and I want you to stay hungry because God honors the hunger. And, and he, he honors that out of everyone that came up here, you're the youngest and you're the only young man that came. But if you stay in that place, man, God's going to use you all, all over the place to, to preach this gospel and to love people well. So I'm really proud of you, okay? Awesome. Bless you. I wanted to pray for Hannah and Chris, too. Uh, I, I just felt like there's some things that the Lord, would you just stand up with me? Hannah, I, I know you're kind of your story. We've been friends for years and I just, I know what you're kind of battling right now with your health, and so I just wanted to kind of go after that. So uh, if y'all would just extend your hands, we're going to pray healing over Hannah. So Father, I thank you uh, uh, for this amazing friend, and I thank you for this amazing daughter. And God, we just say right now in Jesus' name that uh, no weapon formed against her will prosper. I thank you, Lord, uh, for her body. I thank you for her blood cells. I thank you for her blood, God. I thank you uh, just... From the top of her head, God, to the soles of her feet, that you would flutter with your presence, Jesus. I thank you for someone that's abandoned to you and your likeness. I thank you for Chris as a husband, Jesus, uh, who loves well and who, who cherishes well and leads well and loves his wife well. And God, I just we just speak to her body and right now in Jesus' name, we say everything be made new and aligned to the will of God in Jesus' name. I thank you for the dreams on the inside of Hannah. And, and Hannah, I felt like even this move to Greenville, I know you've been here a little while, 
but I felt like the Lord said over you that this move to Greenville is a time where you can break out the journals and dream with me again. And I felt like uh, the Lord even said that he's honored and he's loved the way that you've served Chris, but there's actually going to be things and, and endeavors inside of your heart that the Lord's going to begin to birth in this next season of your life. And the way that you've honored him and you've cherished him, he's about to come up underneath you and raise you up into the dreams that are inside of your heart. And um, I just bless this marriage. I thank you for my friends, God. I thank you for complete healing in them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, bless you guys. So, um, church should be fun. I, 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 I got called this morning at 7.30 this morning, and Roy was like, hey man, you may need to be ready to preach. And I was like, awesome, I'll be there. How many of you know that the Bible says that you need to be in, ready in season and out of season? That, that there's actually a place in God where I, all I'm about to do up here is just stand up here and share my heart. I don't have any notes, and I'm actually kind of excited about that because I, I, just, I, just, I just want to share my heart with you today. But, but there's a place in God where actually your, your cup is overflowing. It's not just something that you do. It's not just a Sunday. You, God's done with the Sunday Christians. He, he, he doesn't, he's never wanted and he's never asked for people that would just come to church and pay their tithes and be a good little boy or girl. He's asking for a people that would actually rise up and become something in the earth to declare his name, his nature, and who he is. And, and I just believe that this even now is just a sign of what God is wanting to raise in the church, that you're ready in season and out of season that you're ready to declare the word of the Lord when you're asked and when you're not, when you're on a stage and when you're not. When you're in front of people, it's not about microphones, it's not about stages, it's not about platforms, and I love all of those things. But we'd like to take the people that we esteem as these awesome saints in God or these people that are amazing, and I love them, I go to them, I learn from them, and I love the people that come to these conferences and they preach, but we like to just put them on a pedestal and say, you know what, that's for them. But God never said that about you. And I really believe the Lord spoke to me about a year ago. I was kneeling right there and he said, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing a backbone back to my bride. And I just believe that God is wanting to raise up a people group that will that that will be courageous. Do you know that that, that courage, I believe, is 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 one of the top things that that the enemy is trying to attack in the body of Christ. And I believe the main way that he does that is, is through the fear of man. You know, it's interesting. Most of the times when I go out and I minister on the streets or I minister here or I minister anywhere in my life, typically I'm more afraid of what another Christian will think than the actual non-believer. And, and criticalness is not, it's, it's not the tenth through the Spirit. Criticism is not of God. And sometimes God shows up in ways that you don't like. Sometimes God shows up in ways that are a little uncomfortable for you. Some of you, maybe the gift of prophecy is uncomfortable for you. Some of you, maybe when God touches someone in their physical body, can't actually hold what God's doing to them, and they start falling down or shaking, or God touches them, it makes you a little uncomfortable. But a father of mine, David, says it like this. Don't ever let your, preju- your preferences create prejudices in you. 
Don't ever let something that you don't understand or comprehend allow yourself to create a prejudice against what God's doing in someone or through someone. I've been in places, I've, I've been in rooms. The last Sunday, I was, in a, I, was in a, I was in a room, and God just began to break out in the room, and, and people were shaking and screaming, and God was touching people, and it was, it was glorious. But how do you know? Sometimes you feel a little uncomfortable in those rooms, especially if you've never been there. But how many of you know that I just had to look to Jesus? And I had to say, God, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what you're doing, but I know that I want you. And if it's you, I want you. How many of you know that sometimes God heals people by spitting in mud and rubbing it in someone's eyes? And you may think, no way I'm not doing that. I prayed for a woman in Mozambique. I actually went on, on outreach and I actually got to go with, with Heidi Baker. And it was, I went the first time and she didn't come with us. And uh, I, was, I was like, man, I just want to see this woman in her element. Like, God, I'm not, I'm not idolizing her, but I just, just let me go with her. And so actually I got the opportunity to go with her um, again later in the school to, to, to outreach. And there was a young girl that came up to us, and she was deaf and mute um, from witchcraft. She was sick when she was a young baby. They took her to the doctor or the, the witch doctor because that over there is just their medicine. Um, they, took, they, they took her to the witch doctor. He did his thing. She ended up obviously getting worse, and she couldn't speak or hear. She's now about 12 years old. We're sitting in the dirt. I'm, I'm sitting beside Heidi, and um, they tell us what happened. So, of course, Heidi is like, oh, pray with me, pray with me. So we, we start praying. <laughs> and uh, I... I we start praying, you know, Jesus, we just love you. We bless you. We ask you to touch this amazing young girl. And Heidi takes her fingers, and she puts both of them in her mouth, pulls them out, and gives the girl a wet willy. How many know Jesus actually did that? You can read in the Gospels where Jesus did that. I'm not saying every time you pray for a deaf person, I've seen deaf ears open, and I don't give them wet willies. But how many know you have to be led by the Spirit? In everything that you do, I'm not just talking about praying for the sick. I'm, I'm talking about the way you interact with people, the advice you give people, the counsel you give people. You never go against the Word of God. You never do something that's unbiblical. But in every person that you talk to, you actually have to be led by the Spirit of God. And so she gives this girl this wet willy, and, and we're just, we're just saying, say, uh, uh, Yesu, Yesu, just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And they, we, we had these Bibles that had the audio Bible because most of the people in the bush, they can't read. So they have the audio Bible in their language. And it actually will play some worship songs as well if you click on it. And the worship song began to play. And the girl looks. And she looks at it. And she looks at us. And she looks at it. And then she puts it up to her ear. And says, say, Jesus. And she goes, Jesus. 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 Jesus, Jesus, and she got healed. How many of you know that I, I, I don't know why, but God asked Mama Heidi to give her a wet willy, and she got radically touched by God. Do not let your preferences create prejudices in you that allow this box of God 
of what you think he's going to show up or how you think he's going to show up or in what ways it may make you feel uncomfortable how he shows up. Just have your hands open and say, I want all of God. I want all of God. I'm more hungry to now, now today than I ever have been in my life. I'm more hungry today than when I was 15 years old and I gave my life to the Lord. I'm more hungry today than I was when I was in the dirt of Africa. Why? Because I've actually took the verse in, that Paul says to Timothy, fan into flame the gifts that I've put upon your life. Fan into flames the desire that's in your heart to seek and to know God and to be used by him. I love that this house, I love, I love that we have this grasp of financial blessing and financial understanding, but that's not where the gospel ends. The gospel also doesn't end with you going to heaven. If Jesus died on a cross for you to go to heaven and that was it, then when you prayed the prayer of salvation, he should have just took you out right then. He died on the cross so you could become heaven and, and, and give it away to the earth. I've had a really fun last couple of weeks because I've seen God do some amazing things. I went, um, I went up to Asheville, North Carolina, um, not this past Wednesday, but the Wednesday before, and I actually went to a concert. And I don't know if you know much about Asheville, but it's a real interesting place. I actually really love it because I, I just, I like different people. I, I um, and we went to this concert, and the concert um, was, was really awesome, and I, I really enjoyed it. And afterwards, I'm sitting kind of leaning back on this, this stone wall, and this, this girl comes up to me, and she's got pink dreadlocks and just all crazy. She just looks super interesting. I, that's all I say. She looked cool, but super nice. And she's like, hey, what's your name? And I'm like, I'm Dylan. Hey, how are, how are you doing? Oh, I'm so good, man. Like, I'm just, I'm just feel so connected to the universe. And she just goes off on this, like, she's like more evangelistic for whatever she is than most Christians are. She's telling me about how, you know, her roots are growing down into the mother earth and all these things. And I'm like, man, that's awesome. I'm just listening to her. But the whole time, I'm like, God, what do you have for her? Like, you brought this random girl up to me. What do you have for this girl? Because I'm not leaving here without giving her something. And she starts telling me about, you know, the rainbow that's inside of her and, and all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, hey, cool. <laughs> and I immediately hear in my heart tell her about Isaiah 61 and the oaks of righteousness that I'm calling her to be. And so I look at her and I say, hey, you know, can I share something with you? And she said, please. She's so nice. I actually really love people like that because they're so open. They're more open to the things of God and probably the, th the things of the Spirit than most religious Christians are. You know, the Pharisees knew all about God. But they criticized Jesus when he preached. They, they, they criticized Jesus when he healed. And they didn't even recognize that it was the God they were trying to find was standing in front of them the whole time. But I look at this girl, and her name was uh, Elizabeth, but she went by 
I can't even remember, some weird word and then moon. And, and I, so I called her that. That's what she went by. All right, I'll call you moon. I said, can I share something with you? And she said, of course. And um, I share Isaiah 61. I said, I'm, I'm a Christian. And she goes, I love Jesus, you know. And she's like, I love them all. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, awesome, awesome. You know, Jesus loves you so much. I said, Jesus loves you. And I said, can I, can I share this with you? And so I read to her Isaiah 61 about the oaks of righteousness that, that grow deep beside the river and, and that will we'll be taken from, a, from ashes and will be given beauty and will be taken from a season of mourning to a season of joy. I said, can I pray for you? Please, please. She, she reaches her hands and says, please pray for me. And I lay my hands on her head. And as soon as I do, I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that from the top of her head to the soles of her feet, you would begin to flutter with your love. And she began to weep and weep and weep and weep. And I started prophesying over her about the last 10 years of her life. I started declaring things about the seasons of old and the, and the, and the ashes becoming beauty. I said, God, I said, God, fill her with your love. And she says, I feel it. I feel him. I feel it. I feel him. I feel it. I feel him. I feel it. I said, you feel it? And she's like, I feel it. He's here. And I said, this is Jesus. And she said, I know. I know it's Jesus. I know it's Jesus. And I said, the great hound of heaven is coming after your life. And she said, I know I've been searching for this. At a concert in Asheville. Because I don't go to concerts in Asheville just to go to concerts in Asheville. I go with one thing in mind. I wake up thinking about Jesus. I go to sleep thinking about Jesus. I dream about Jesus. It's just who he is. And if you give him your heart, he'll be that to you. And I give her a hug and I said, God loves you so much. I said, I love you so much. And I just tell her, I start, I start sharing about what it is to follow Jesus, what it actually is to, to know him, to follow him. And then I look to her friend and I start speaking some things to him. And he's like, dude, he's like, this has got to be some kind of connection, man. Like, this has got to be some kind of some kind of thing, man. And I'm like, it is. It's Jesus. I start telling him about his dream life. I'm like, you dream a lot, huh? He said, yeah, I do. I said, I said, Jesus is going to start showing up to you in your dreams. I just prophesied and declared over him that God was going to begin to show up in his dream life. I mean, I got a word about him making art, and he was a glass blower. And then I, I said, you're going to actually make art for the glory of God. And they left with an encounter with love and a true encounter with the presence of God. But how many of you know, if, if I was stuck in my religious box of what it was that God was going to touch somebody, that never would have happened. Or if I went to a concert and I was so focused on myself that they, they would have missed their encounter with God. You are an encounter with God. You owe the world an encounter with God. I left 
that, that um, concert, and I went to Waffle House afterwards. And I'm all pumped because these people just encountered the love of Jesus. And a fight breaks out in the parking lot between two guys. And I carry the kingdom of heaven, and you're not going to fight when I'm around. So I'm sitting with all these people, and they're like, no, don't go out there. And I'm like, what are they going to do? Like, they stab me, whatever. Like, I have the Holy Ghost in me, and you're not going to fight when I'm around. Why? Because that's the kingdom of darkness. And if the kingdom of darkness is around, the kingdom of light has to show up. God is, God is looking for people that will be the city on the hill. He's looking for people that will take the lampshade off of their life. And they'll be, my, my, I haven't even opened the Bible yet, but they'll be like the scriptures where it's this, this verse has been haunting me that after Jesus' resurrection, he shows up to the disciples and they don't recognize him at first. But they say this, didn't our hearts burn within us? When he spoke, didn't our hearts burn within us? God's looking for a people. It says he looks to and fro for people whose hearts are fully his, that he can trust and love with faith. And their hearts burn for Jesus. And so I'm at Waffle House and I, I'm sitting there and I'll, I'll, my friends are like, don't go out there. What are you doing? And I'm like, no, like. Of course I'm going out there, because Jesus would go out there. And I go out there, and I don't know these guys, and they're belligerent drunk. You know what compelled me to go out there is when I looked at them, I saw broken people. I saw hurting, broken people that the devil has such a grip on that they're about to get in a fist fight and probably get arrested in the Waffle House parking lot at I don't even know what time it was. How I many you know that's probably not the will of God? And it's probably the will of God that a Christian would actually be bold enough and courageous enough to step in and do something about it. So I go, I go up. And I'm like, hey, hey, hey. And the guy's like, no, hey, hey, hey. And I'm like, yeah, hey, hey, stop. Like, it's not worth it. And the guy, the other guy had spit on his truck. And one guy was so, he was so gone, but he also, he, he had some mental problems. He couldn't even speak. He couldn't even use words. I said, look at him, man. I said, it's not worth it. I said, yeah, no one should spit on your truck, man. I get it. I said, this isn't worth it. About 10 minutes of trying to hold him back. He gets in his truck and he drives off. And the other guy walks off. The Waffle House waitress comes to me and says, hey, I'm, I'm so sorry that that, that happened. Um, you know, I don't know the guy's name. We'll just say it was Carlos or something. He said, she said, Carlos knows he's not allowed around here. He's not allowed to be around here. He's got some mental problems. I said, I know, I know. It's okay. I said, is there anything I can do to pray for you? Is there anything you need? I, I know you're on a long shift. It's 3 a.m. or whatever time it was. You, you're, you're the night shift. And uh, you probably need some prayer for something, huh? She's like, I need a new job. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm taking my, I'm, I'm paying for my bill. And I give her the, I give her, I give her the money, 
And I take her hand and I just bless her. I say in Jesus' name, I, I thank you, God, that you have plans for, I can't remember her name either, to prosper. I thank you that, that you have plans for her. But how many of you know that, I, I just want to see people be disciples. I want to see us actually be disciples. I called Roy the other day. I said, Roy, are we making disciples or are we just making church converts? Not in this church in general. I'm just saying as a whole body. Are we just believing that it's the Heidi Bakers and the people that we love to see on the stages? Or are we actually saying, God, I want all of you and I want your anointing and I want to change the world. Why? Because you're worth it. And I want to be someone that my heart burns within me because I can't live without your word. I've come to a place in my life where I, I, I want my ministry, I want my family, I want my friendships to not be able to exist without the words of God, without the breath of God. I've just come to that place. And I've told myself as, as I start to minister, as I start to preach more, as I start to prophesy more to people in corporate settings, God, if I ever get to a place where I can do this on my own, I may as well pack my bags and get out. And I'm, I'm praying that prayer now because I know that 50 years down the road when I'm, when I'm doing it more, I don't want to be able to step in and step out. You can't do that. You don't step in and step out of being a Christian you don't step in and step out of the anointing. You just walk. You just walk. And I'm sure this isn't the most polished sermon you've probably heard. I'm not a teacher. Uh, I'm not a teacher like Roy. I, I, I don't know as much. He, he, I'm telling you guys, Roy has one of the most amazing gifts in being able to teach the scriptures. And he lives what he teaches. And that's a rare thing to find someone who can teach as well as him, but also lives it out in purity and holiness. But I, I'm just not a teacher. I, I don't have that specific gift. But I am someone who just loves Jesus. And I prayed this morning when Roy called me and I said, God, what do you want? And I just felt his heart of just Let's just fan into the flames the gifts that God has given us. Let's be excited about this gospel. Let's be excited and live for something that's beyond us. Let's, let's, let's live for something that's beyond even these walls. Let's live for something that's beyond our comfort zones and our preferences. I... Um, I've seen God do a lot of amazing things. I've seen the blind eyes open. I've seen deaf ears open. I've seen lame people walk. I've seen mute people speak. I've seen broken hands healed. How many know I'd never see that if I never prayed? Last Sunday, I was in Tennessee with a friend, um, and he was speaking at a conference. And um, it was that same conference where I said God just kind of broke out and people were just getting touched all over the room. And my friend just declared over the microphone, he said, right now God is doing something 
Uh, he's breaking, I believe it was depression. He's breaking depression off of people. And this man who is standing right here crumpled to the ground and had a full-on demonic manifestation. It, it was uh, something that you don't fake because it's far too embarrassing for someone to fake something like that. He was clawing. He was screaming. He was, he was swiping at people. It was full-on biblical portion um, type stuff. And uh, we prayed for him, and my friend David just got down and wrapped his arms around him, and we just asked for the love of God to come and, and say that, um, you know, that he would be set free, and, and he was. Within probably 10 minutes, the demon left, and he was fully, completely set free. So within a week, I got to lead some people into a counter with the presence of God. I broke up a fight at Waffle House. I saw a demon cast out of somebody. And yesterday, I went to the hospital and prayed for sick people. I'm not talking about me. I'm just saying, I, I, I work at a t-shirt printing shop, guys. And all I do when I'm printing shirts is I think about, I daydream about seeing the Lord move. I just sit there and print shirts and I dream about the dead being raised. I dream about people coming to know Jesus. I daydream about the deaf ears opening. Because I never want to get to a place where it's, oh, that's just another prophetic word. It's just another church service. It's just another healing. Come on, guys. What's your name here in the red jacket? You're, yeah, yeah. What, what's your name? Yeah. Donna, Donna, you, you have been, I'm just going to interrupt the message. You, 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 have, you have been glowing this entire, entire time, and I just want to pray for you. Is that okay? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And I know I can heal everything that you're doing. Yeah. And I'm coming and hearing someone, and that just speaks so well to your son for us, yeah. more for us than just get us into heaven when we die. Yeah. And yeah. He, he from all this, that's what I want to say. So yeah. I'm just, I'm awesome. Are these your friends here? Oh, he's my brother and sister. Oh, awesome. Now. Okay. <laughs> well, Father, I just thank you for Donna. And Donna, I really felt like uh, when I was looking at you earlier that there's, there's a true anointing of like Anna on your life. Uh, Anna was someone who had a word from God and she said that she would go to the temple every day to wait to see the Messiah. And Father, I just bless, I bless my friend in Jesus' name. I thank you for great anointing on her life. And I hear the Lord say over you that the best years are yet to come. That the best years are yet to come in Jesus' name. That the Lord isn't finished with you and it's not time to just wrap it up and wrap up a gift and move on into the next season and and on into the great by and by. But I really believe, God, that I ask that you would release a fresh anointing on her life, Jesus. To declare the word of the Lord into a greater influence. To reach women. I I see you reaching women uh, um, even, even of, of, I feel like even in your age group, there's going to be women that come to you and you spark that flame inside of them again. 
Father, I thank you for this amazing daughter. I thank you that you love her beyond what we could ever think or imagine. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you. Yeah. He gave me Anna years ago. Oh, awesome. So, or Anna. Yeah. But it was named Devin. That's what he's doing. Awesome. Bless you. Yeah. Bless you. That's so good. How many know God can interrupt? I uh, I pray a prayer that I also learned from my friend David. God, come interrupt so you can instruct. I don't want to just have church as usual. Usual. How many know when God breaks out, like last Sunday, and it was a little chaotic in the room, it is orderly and in conduct for someone to be set free from demons. So I really don't know how to land the plane. I don't even know if I'm on a plane. I might be on a boat. I don't know. I hope, I hope this is resonating with people. Um, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come. Come into this room, God. And I, Brandon, if you want to come play or whoever's supposed to, I, I just want to pray for us. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come and flood our hearts with a fire, God. With a burning desire to know you above everything and above everyone that we know or we do life with. God, I ask that this message that our hearts would burn within us would be something that we would grab hold of and make real to us. That the disciples, you asked them to follow them even unto death, God. I ask that we wouldn't make Christianity just something that helps us pay our bills. God, we wouldn't make Christianity just something that, that, that just helps us get through life and have a great little family and, and we, don't, we don't beat our spouses. God, but you asked us to follow you even unto death, God. You know, a lot of us, man, we, we like that idea. God, I'll go die for you. It's romantic. But a lot of us won't look foolish for him. A lot of us are too scared to even just look foolish for Jesus. You don't know how many times I've stepped out in faith and I've been rejected. I've been pushed even. I, I, I've been, I, I, you, don't, you don't know those stories. I'll, t- I'll tell them to you, though. But Jesus is more, he's so alive, and he's doing something in the earth. And what, what Judd was saying this morning about the urgency that's, that, that's on the inside of him, I feel that in my spirit. I, I feel that we're, the church is coming to a place where God is saying, I need you to rise up, I need you to wake up, and I need you to be what I designed you to be when I came to the earth, when I formed the earth, and when I died on the cross, and when I raised from the dead. Jesus, there's no one like you. There's no one but you. And I ask that our hearts would burn.
Someone in this room, you need to hear that you don't need to be perfect. You just need to be willing. You don't need to be perfect. You just need to be willing. I love that God loves me. It's, it's, it's the most amazing thing in the entire world. But the fact that God would look at me and say, I, I just want to use you to make me famous. That's the thing that absolutely blows my mind. Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for everyone in this room. God, I thank you for a culture that you're going to develop in this place that if someone sneezes, you get prayed for. Jesus, we bless your name. We love you. I'm just going to wait a little bit more. Just engage with the Lord. Engage with the Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, come. If you just feel that right now, if you feel like God is touching your heart in some way, and it doesn't, but, but I mean, if there's this like burning on the inside of you, if there's, if I feel like some of you in this room, your hearts are actually burning. If you would just stand, if there's someone in the room where your, your heart is just burning on the inside of you and you don't know what it is, you may not be able to explain it. Father, I ask that you would pour your spirit out more even now upon these folks and even the ones sitting, God. You're standing in the back with the yellow scarf on and the maroon shirt. You got your hands folded. Yeah. I, are you a student or are you in school or something? You're a teacher. Awesome. I, 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 when I looked at you, I just felt like when I said that thing about courage, I feel like God's anointing you in a great way with a greater courage uh, on your life. And I feel like the enemy has tried to come for many years to keep your mouth shut. And I feel like even you've walked away from conversations uh, with people and you've said, you know what, I, I just can't get through to them. Or sometimes my words don't work or, or, or things like that. And I saw the Lord actually breaking, um, breaking that over you. And I saw a greater courage coming upon you. And I believe that there's actually going to, God's going to give you ways to minister to your students. He, he's going to give you these like holy Holy Spirit, sneaky ways to minister to your spirits. I saw you even like, uh, like writing letters to the kids, and you just you put blessings in there and stuff. And and I saw you sliding them uh, to them, or as they go away on like Christmas break, you know, just handing them Christmas cards with different words and even words from God. But you you write it in a way that they have no idea. Uh, I I just bless you in Jesus' name. I really believe that. Uh, 
that your classroom's going to be touched in this moment that something's coming on your life. And there's going to actually be a grace for you to reach this next generation. Uh, I feel like um, a lot of times people, people overlook teachers and, and people overlook people who aren't on a stage. But your ministry is your students. Um, there's an, and there's an incredible grace, I really believe, that's coming on your life in a boldness uh, to declare the gospel. But it's going to be in a real sneaky way. And so I, I just bless you with that in Jesus' name. That's awesome. Yeah, so we're, uh, we're going to close up. And I just say, Jesus, we love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. There is no one like you in all the earth, Jesus. And I ask, God, that, that in this time of our life, that we would move into the holidays with our hearts burning with us. I feel like the Lord is saying over us, don't let your pursuit of me slow down in the Christmas season. Don't let your pursuit of me slow down in the holiday season. But the Lord is actually saying over us that it's time to press in harder. Don't get distracted by the awesome things. And they are awesome and they're from God. Don't be distracted by the family and by the presence, by the gifts and by the even the hectic time that the holidays is for some people. But decide in your heart to press through into 2019. Father, I thank you for this amazing house. I thank you for this amazing church. I thank you for these amazing people. And God, we ask that you would bless Roy and Patty and just their home. We would say all sickness to go in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you guys so much.